Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hmm? Ah! Hmm. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Apple TV show, Lisey's Story. This week we're covering episode 7, titled, No Light, No Spark. No light, no spark. No light, no, light, spark. no spark. You know, I, I'm really sad that last week when we were saying what that we were going to be covering this episode this week, and when I said the title, I was like, gosh, I wonder what, what that's going to mean. And I wish now I had not asked that question because this yeah. was <laughs> pretty damn dark and depressing, I thought. Yes. Um, this week's episode. Um, we got a lot of information, questions that we've been asking, or at least one big question that we've been asking this entire yeah. time. We finally got an answer to. Um, so what, what are your, what are your general thoughts? what do you think about this week's episode? Pay kind of heavy Man. one. Yeah. I, know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to like, what did I think without just like sounding like I'm echoing what I've said yeah, every yeah. week, but it's just like, yeah, it was really solid. We got a little more answers, except I guess this week really didn't have like too many more questions. It was, I feel like we are headed down that, you know, downslope of like, okay, we're getting answers mm-hmm. now. And not really lifting, you know, not getting too many more questions asked. We're like, okay, I, th- I think we're getting there. We're wrapping it up. I can, I can see how would they, they can wrap this up in one more episode. Yeah, I I'm agree not exactly sure how it's going to end, what that's going to be, but I can see like, okay, we are at an end game here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I think they're. And we may not. There might be some small things that mm-hmm. we have questions about that maybe it isn't important that we get answered. And that's okay, right? I mean, I think it's okay to have open questions sometimes if they're not critical to the story or, you know, if, if they are able to kind of wrap it up in a semi-satisfying way. I would be okay with that. But I agree. I think that's about where we're at. Um, I liked this week's episode. I, it, I, I think it went by really fast. Yeah, it, it did. I felt like... I'm like, I only feel like we, or I, that I just started this episode about 15 minutes ago and it was already over. So I thought it went by mm-hmm. really fast, which surprised me, but, um, a lot of things happened, uh, got a few questions answered and we're definitely headed into that finale. 
Yeah, which yeah, that's part of my like first point, but like that cliffhanger, I was like, wait, no, no, don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't, don't they, stop there. <laughs> they keep doing that. This feels like ah. one really long movie that they just chopped because yeah. they always pick up right like almost instantly where the previous episode leaves off. Like it, it, yeah. it's almost like you paused it or something to get it, go to the bathroom or go get a drink or something. And then yeah. you come back and hit, you know, unpause and it starts <laughs> back up again. It's kind of what it feels like is this one really like long eight hour movie or something. And we're just on pause right now. Um, let's pause so we can podcast on it. No. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, I know we've got some thoughts about this week's episode. So without further ado, um, would you like to um, start us off with your number five? Yeah. Number five. Like I said, it was going to go into with that, that cliffhanger, but there's, I'm, I'm beginning with the end. Okay. I like that. My, <laughs> my number five just being titled Booyah. Cause it's kind of a, a play on, yeah, they're in Booyah, Booyah Moon, but also like the plan is here. He's there, you know, <laughs> we have Dooley. He's in Booyah Moon. Like, yes. Things are working in Lisey's favor, even though she's kind of just flying by the seat of her pants on this plan. I love, she's just like, yeah, we'll just, sometimes the story writes itself. Right. So yeah. yeah, just see what happens and she's rolling with it, but she's got to where she needs to be. She's in Booyah Moon. Dooley is there with her. She's able to like really fuck with his head and she's just like yeah. teasing him and taunting him and messing with him. And he's freaking out and yelling and cussing at her and mm-hmm. you know, his, his usual list of insults and <laughs> deprecations towards her. And then, yeah, but she has the uh, upper hand or in star Wars terms, the high ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, <laughs> I have the high ground. Um, yeah. 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 They left it. And of course, like you said, big cliffhanger, like literally just cut us right off. And you're just like, no. Um, yeah. Cause all of this noise, her yelling and taunting and mm-hmm. getting Dooley to respond to those. It's all just deployed. Cause she, she knows what she's doing. She's getting the attention of the long boy. Mm-hmm. Cause it's drawn to sound. We have <laughs> been, very, yeah, made sure that we know that very well through this whole season. Shh. Yep, um, quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was, it's good to see her. We've talked a little bit about it before, you know, that change in her character, you know, this, like she's a little bit more sure of herself, mm-hmm. you know, like she's a little unsure about her plan. She's like, well, you know, this is what I'm going with. And and yeah, it's just got to, like I said, the story's got to kind of tell itself. And she's got kind of a plan B. Um, but but she seems more confident in herself and her abilities yeah. a little bit. And, and so that was good to see. She doesn't seem, I think she's still scared of Jim Dooley, which she should be. I mean, yeah. he is a threat and he is scary as hell. And he's dangerous. Um, you know, I mean, he killed that cop with, I mean, just... Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, whoa, you know, I wasn't, it was just like so unexpected. There was no pause to it at all. Um, So he's definitely like ready to kill. And we have seen how brutal he is with Lacey. Um, So she should be scared. And I think she is still scared of him. However, she's feeling a little bit more confident, a little bit sure of herself as a person that she, she can handle it. Um, So, yeah, I, and I was not sure 
at first when we see them in Booyah Moon? Was she talking to Dooley or was she trying to attract the long boy? And then I caught on. I was like, oh, okay, she's trying to attract the long boy um, mm-hmm. and not just taunt Dooley and kind yeah. of have him on like he wasn't so sure of himself you know he's been pretty confident in himself you know we've seen how he goes to someone else's house and acts like he owns the place how he acts with yeah like he's sitting there like beating up lisi and then goes and eats a freaking sandwich yeah in the middle of it all and it's you know good to see that how that has flipped you know mm-hmm. um so yeah he's he's it was good to kind of see him shaking in his shoes you yeah. know at booyah moon like what the hell is going on you know I was waiting for him to be like, oh, I'm in vanilla. Like he would know. Like I, I figure he would yeah. recognize as like much of like a, you know, devoted fan, a, a camper as he is. Right. <laughs> that he would he would immediately recognize his place from Scott's books. But maybe it's just such a like quick, like shocking change for him that it's taking him some time. I figure maybe next week, maybe in the finale, he'll know where he's at but i i thought the same i was like wow is scott's like number one camper going to understand (laughs) where he's at you know Um, because we know that scott did talk to his audience or his fans about now he called it something different with them Mm -hmm. than what he did like with lisi or in private but he did share this with them you know and so it's like does he realize where he's at you know um so yeah, some interesting, interesting little twists between those two characters and the dynamics yeah. that have switched. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Good number five. Good number five. Um, well, my number five, uh, I'm just going to, you start with the ending. I'm going to start with the beginning. All right. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Scott Landon, the rock star, because mm-hmm. that's what it kind of felt like um, with this beginning that we got in this reception of Scott, yeah. it was kind of like a rock star thing or almost like a movie star, but I am thinking mm-hmm. rock star because Hey music. And you know, that's where, where, where we roll, but yeah. um, also like <laughs> movie star, like a movie premiere, you know, the star gets out of the, out of the car and they got cheering fans and they're signing autographs and everybody's excited to see you. Yeah. I thought, man, I thought that was a pretty banging event for a writer. I've never yeah. been to he an like event sold like out for a writer. This whole theater, mm-hmm. so they could hear him talk about and read excerpts from his new book that's coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been to a couple, not maybe anything that huge, of course, but I've been to a couple of events where the writer has, you know, read a little bit from like read a chapter from their book, talked about the book or the process or a little bit about their story or just, you know, whatever. And it wasn't anything this big. It was a little bit more, you know, subdued and, um, you know, it certainly wasn't, I mean, they were awesome. I, I loved the events that I went to. They were fun and I had a great time. Um, but it wasn't anything like this, you know, and it it wasn't (laughs) like this kind of uh, rock star or movie star type of, um, uh, um, trying to think um not like attitude but um energy sorry that's what i was yeah. trying to think of energy uh the energy of the crowd even when they were in the theater and they were already sitting down you know everybody was you know cheering and calling out to him and you know we yeah. love you scott that kind of thing you know it was just this and even his entrance 
I love how they filmed that when he was um, <laughs> going out to the crowd before he, while he was walking up on stage and, you know, the lights kind of on him and everybody's, you know, reaching out for him and he's shaking hands and, you know, waving at people and everybody's yeah. kind of hollering at him and stuff. Uh, this is not quite what we see, you know, for a writer. And, and at this event, we get a little bit of a callback to another obsessive fan. Yeah. Um, and which is interesting because this is definitely after he yes. was shot at that other event. Cause this was kind of, I mean, this was the night that he died. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was, you get that, that tension and that anxiety when this, this fan steps forward and you can tell he has something on him and it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, yes. they, Cause you would think for sure, even Scott is pretty shaken for a moment. You know, he'd be a little jumpy on this. Like, uh Oh, here's one of these deep space cowboys. And uh, mm-hmm. last time I had a run in one of these guys, I ended up with a bullet wound in my chest. So <laughs> let's, you know, and the security's on him really quick and everybody, because I'm sure even like the other fans who are at the event standing around, they all got quiet because they know what happened. Right. So it's, everybody's kind of on edge for a second. And then this guy just has a wand from him from Relics, you know, which the the guy was that was harmless, was innocent, even though he still was a little, little out there. But he's like, I don't want an autograph. I just want you to know that you've changed my life, you know, like. Oof. I mean, I, I, and not to, oh yeah, I feel like he was definitely obsessive, but at the same time, I'm thinking, man, I could totally see myself saying the same thing if I met like Axl Rose, I I, I wouldn't be like, like, I don't need your autograph. I just have to tell you like how you changed my life. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, you would be that person that would get escorted out by security for being the weirdo. Cause so as much as what I, you know, kind of poke fun or talk about this fan and uh, as a character i'm like oh my god you're totally guilty you would do the same thing you yeah would i mean i've it. done not not to that kind of creepy level degree but i've done I've, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of actors and musicians and people that i really admire mm-hmm. and i i am that way a lot like i don't always get selfies and autographs i don't do autographs really ever but even selfies i don't do all the time because i was you know talking to people it was like oh yeah i met this person this person like you didn't take a picture with them no like i just and it's because I'm the kind of that same way if I had the opportunity to meet a lot of people and I will just say, it's like, you know, I don't need an autograph or anything. I won't say it, but I'm just like, I just want to thank you for the art that you've put out there and then how it's helped me through different things. And so yeah. I've said that to people, you know, yeah. where I'm just like, I just want to let you know that I appreciate what you've put into the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's how I would like to, to speak. <laughs> yeah. If presented with the opportunity, I probably would just be sitting there, um, drooling and unable to form a coherent thought but the thought is there but yeah i you know um this guy had a bit of a creepy aura to yeah. him in the way that he said it because there, there was a, a creepy tone but i think that with what he said wasn't really that bad because i'm like i don't know i feel like you know there is music there are books, there um, are performances, or there's art in this world that can change someone's life. And I yeah. think it is a high compliment to tell someone, like, you've impacted me so much that you did change my life. Or, you know, that I feel like that's, I don't know. I think if I were an artist hearing that from someone, like what you did or what you've put out there has changed my life yeah. and made an impact for the better, uh, that would be. I mean, I'd be blown away if I heard something like that. Maybe not in the same tone that this guy said it in. 
or yeah. just like you know he just seemed maybe it was because he was so emotionless it seemed like yeah. he just seemed like kind of dead-eyed when he said it um, yeah, i mean because we immediately think of somebody like cole or jim right. dooley when we see this guy exactly because that's what we've been shown is yeah. a, a, a crazed fan shoots him at an event um he, now scott hasn't we don't think anyway met dooley but lisi seems to think that maybe she foretold him in some way we kind of talked about that last episode when she was like i think he kind of was preparing me for him or something um now whether it was him or the maybe any crazed fan that might do something like this or whatever i I don't know but um you know uh but yeah i i think that our knowledge of what we know so far that is where we automatically go to when we see this guy come out of the crowd and he like you said seems pretty harmless he just made him a gift which you know is just a likening of a a, a wand um, from one of his books. Yeah. Um, did you see what that wand was? Did it? Was it? Um, so we see the long boy. Yeah. And it's like formed of like screaming, yelling, twisting, twirling yeah. people. Is that so? What that, that wand was? was like. It was just like yeah, like a bunch of like human bodies. Okay, like, okay. And, I wasn't sure if I was making that up so, in my head, so I'm glad. Yeah, that's what it was. So okay. I thought it was like it's like a long boy stick, and then I was like, oh, I gotta be, you gotta be careful with your word emphasis when saying that because there's a big difference between long boy stick and long boy stick. Yes. <laughs> As I'm typing that in my notes, it's like, make sure you use the right <laughs> emphasis on yep. reading this. Yep. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> did see that. And it did make me think of, especially on the second watch, um, after getting a close up of the long boy, uh, which is interesting. I, I don't know if I have, if I'm able to have like, um, articulate my words and my thoughts on the long boy and what I think it is or represents. But I did pick up on that and, and wonder yeah. if that was somehow related. And then I'm like, it just makes me wish Scott Landon was a real person or was a real person. So I could actually read his damn books because right. I feel like all of this <laughs> fame that this guy had, I mean, winning a freaking Pulitzer and with how much he was loved and, you know, people wanting to read his work and being so popular. I'm like, well, I want to read his freaking books now. And I'm kind of bummed out that he's a fictional character. Um, yeah. Because there's like, no, all right, Stephen King. Now you have to write all these books under the pseudonym of Scott Landon. I so just, I can be happy. Thank right. you. You shared my thoughts. I'm thinking now we just yep. need Stephen King to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to adopt the Scott Landon pseudonym <laughs> and write a Scott Landon. I will write all of his books. So, yeah, you know, we can resolve that curiosity. Cause I want to, um, Cause I'm like, this dude is out there changing people's lives with his books. This, we yeah. have to read this, but, um, but yeah, interesting. So a little bit of a callback, um, you know, with that event and what happened and I'm surprised he didn't have a little bit more security. I mean, like you said, the security guy was on it, you know, he had him backed off and, and stuff, but yeah. I'm like, he, they did, they weren't on him. I would have had someone like right up there beside him or I would have had a couple yeah. more guys scope in the crowd or something, um, based on what happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was a couple couple years back. What was there like four to six years prior to his death or something um, that he got shot or something? I think I don't remember. Um, but anyway, I, I just thought that was was interesting enough to call out. I loved the the way that they filmed 
you know, the event and his arrival and, you know, yeah, the, like, he had entrance music into the theater. Yeah. Entrance music. I love that. I like that song too. I do too. It, it, to Jambalaya on the mm-hmm. Bayou. I don't know exactly what like version that was. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find, cause it wasn't okay. like the Hank Williams or anything. I don't think, but I can tell which version they were using, but there's been so many artists say that have done that one. Yeah, probably lots of versions out there. Um, yeah. We'll have to see if maybe it'll come out or something now that the episode is aired. Maybe there will be something out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I checked Tune Find and I couldn't. Oh, bummer. They only had one song on the Tune Find for the episode, which I will talk about later. Okay. But, <laughs> okay. Well, more to come. But, but yeah, but I do like that entrance music was used because it kind of does tie in, you know, having this like on the bayou mm-hmm. where it kind of gives you that like vibe of Booyah Moon. And like that's we know that he puts that into a lot of his books. So, yeah, it's definitely a Scott Landon theme when he walks in I like that. <laughs> definitely. It, it felt right. It felt like that would be a good entrance um, song for Scott Landon. It fit for sure. Mm-hmm. Um well, I'll have more to say about that, but that's where I'm going yeah. to leave it for now. So, um, All right. what is your number two? Uh, number, number four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just skipping right ahead. Who we're needs four and three? Jump now? right in. Get get to all of our points. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Number four. Uh, talked about him a little bit, but uh, Jim Dandy, Jim Dooley. Yeah. Might as well go ahead and you know, because my last point was him being in Booyah Moon, but before that, mm-hmm. you know, is just. Absolutely, like learning a little bit more about him, but also seeing that his, I mean, we've seen how he can be dangerous, but like now to this degree, you mentioned that, I mean, he had no qualms with just walking up and shooting the police officer in the head like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy wasn't very good at his job, but he didn't deserve that. Right. Uh, didn't deserve to die for it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that was that same moment, like you mentioned, when I, when that happened, when I watched it, I'm like, it took me off guard for a second. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Did not expect that. Like, okay. And then he's more prepared than you think. Like, he walks into the the house, and before he goes upstairs, cuts the lights. He's got his, like, night vision goggles. He's Ooh, prepped. Buffalo and I was Bill like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And I don't think Lisi was expecting that either. No. I don't think so. But she was prepared with uh, the lighthouse, which, again, later point. But <laughs> yeah, we got to talk but yeah, about he's, yeah, we, we see more brutality from him though. Cause even after they jump him and stuff, like, I mean, before she's yelling out green lawn, I mean, he is like bending your fingers and snapping on oh cracking them back. Like he's just, they, he's not a weakling. <laughs> no, he's not. And my God, I mean, Stephen King really, I can't imagine how, if, if, I don't know if this happened in the book, that particular part where he's like breaking her hand. I feel like he's breaking yeah. her hand and fingers. But um, Stephen King is a master at writing brutality like that. And, yeah. and when you're reading it, it's you're just like like you're cringing even while you're reading things like that mm-hmm. when he is being sober. Because he can be very brutal in his books. Um, so I'm thinking if it's that bad watching it and like the, the sound effects, how bad it must have been if – that was in the book, how it was written. That was freaking yeah. brutal. I mean, yep. what she went through before with that beating was so difficult to watch, but this really got me too. That was hard. Yeah. I mean, he just like, he sets his mind to something. Yeah. I mean, he's just so focused on just breaking yes. her hand and focus. Yeah. 
And then even when Amanda and Darla come out, like Darla shoots him and he's just like, okay, whatever. Dude, he didn't, <laughs> like, he reacted. Going, yeah. It's like, oh my God. And then he headbutts the shit out of Amanda, knocks her out. And it's like, this is not going as well as at least he thought maybe it would. Oh. Um, I mean, I think again, tying kind of into my next point, but I think if it wasn't for the help of Scott, perhaps, or whatever was happening, like, mm-hmm. th- I don't think this would have worked out. Cause I mean, before they go to Booyah Moon, he's, choking the life out of her. Darla and Amanda are, you know, taken care of. They're not any help anymore. And he's just sitting there choking her. Kind of this, this mantra, uh, mantra again, that just like, you know, I don't know what the respect part necessarily was as much. Yeah. I don't know. But if he that had that no wife or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The no wife thing was coming up again, but, mm-hmm. but then he would go back respect, which, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he's saying she has no respect for him or, it's his respect for Scott Landon and his works that she's disrespecting by not letting him have the works. I don't know. That's I, <laughs> I, I don't either, but I'm glad that this was your point. Cause it's actually my number four as well. And cool. um, I, I, I don't know, but I feel Dooley thinks he's special because he can yeah. see something in fiction that no one else could. Like yeah. he's a very specific kind of like modern creep. He yeah. is the type of guy who thinks he's somehow more attuned to the impulse of a work of art or the artist. Like he thinks, I think he is thinking so highly of himself because he's like, you don't understand Scott Landon like I did. You don't understand yeah. his work like I did. Remember that scene? And I don't have it in front of me. I don't have the script. And so I, I don't remember everything for Bacon. But do you remember, um, you know, when he was talking to that librarian, that poor little yeah. librarian that he scared the hell out of, um, you know, the, the things he said to her when he's talking to um, Dashmeal, you know, yeah. he's like, uh, Dashmill was telling him, like, you have such an understanding of Scott Landon's work. Like, you know, Scott Jim Dandy is just, um, you know, a layman, right? He's not a professional, a scholar or a professor or I don't guess he's highly educated, but he seems to really understand the intricacies um, of Scott's work. And so he has put himself, I think, up on this pedestal, like, you you're just the wife you were just sleeping with him yeah and you were the one mistake that he made i know yeah so he (laughs) he's he thinks he's super special so i I, i'm wondering if when he's yelling respect that he does mean he she should respect him because he knew scott and understood scott better than what she did in his mind of course i don't agree with that but that's i think how he feels um Mm -hmm. that's what i get from that um yeah and what set, I mean, obviously what sets him on this is being, you know, attacked, mm-hmm. but also, I mean, Lisey finds a way to get under his skin, which again, when seeing how dangerous he is, mm-hmm. I felt really anxious for her as she's just egging him on, digging and digging. And he's sitting there with the gun pointed at her with his goggles on and just yelling, shut up, shut up. And she just keeps on that. And I'm like, you've got some guts to do that, Lisey, because yeah. he could just shoot you at any time. Yeah. But because what she really gets at him with, and I don't know how much truth there is to it because we haven't heard any of this up until right now. But it seems like did she do some research on him? Yeah, I feel like we missed a chapter somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) because she starts calling out. 
Yeah, like, oh, Cole, the guy that shot Scott at that one event, mm-hmm. apparently him and Dooley were in the same, like, mental hospital, mental ward in Tennessee. Uh-huh. And I was like, is that, like, documented somewhere that she figured that out? Or just because they're both from Tennessee, she just, like is making that assumption, but it seems to really get under his skin. So, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't, he, it wouldn't have had that effect on him and he wouldn't have had that reaction had she been wrong. Yeah. So, but yeah, I feel like I'm like, wait a minute. And I almost felt like, did I like not pay attention for a second and glance away from the screen? Did I miss a scene where she's presented some information that these two guys knew each other? Cause I was like, I don't understand where that came from. That was a little bit confusing. So I'm like, Oh, is it real then? Oh, well then, yeah, it must be real because look at how he's reacting. Yeah. I feel like if, if it wasn't because he's, this is the first time we've really seen him like lose his shit. Right. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's completely, he's a complete sociopath for sure. And I mean, he's mm-hmm. completely demented. Um, no question, but he's been able to maintain his calm and his demeanor. Like I don't, I bet his heart rate didn't get over like 80 when he was beating the shit out of her. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I think this really got a rise out of him, and I think it was because it was true, and it really got him rattled. Um, I'm curious as to why she thought she had to do that, though. Like, why, you know, she needed to get him so angry like that? Because, like you said, that was really dangerous for her. He could see her clear as day. She couldn't see him, and he had that gun right at her. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know why yeah, she maybe thought her she had only. To yeah, her plan him. is getting him focused on her so that. Darla and Amanda could take him by surprise, but right. Like that's putting a lot of faith into them. Um, <laughs> which misplaced, you know, I think a little bit because the, they <laughs> could not quite handle um, yeah. him, even with the gun we thought um, Darla threw out or got rid mm-hmm. of. Um, and then a hockey stick. And yeah. um, what did Lisey have? She just she hit him with a freaking hardcover book. I think it was right. Yeah, she <laughs> so, just had the book. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking, oi! I know that her plan was to like she had a semi kind of plan going, and she's just like, ah, oh, the story is just going to kind of write itself. But I don't know. I feel like that is not the best plan when, as you, as Darla puts it, you invite a freaking psychopathic lunatic in your home. You know, yeah. that's probably not the best plan to have. But um, so. Yeah, that that was scary and it was dangerous. Um, But yeah, I wasn't sure where she thought that that was going to go. If she was somehow going to be able to get a hold of him to be able to take him to Booyah Moon. Because I know that's what she was wanting to do, which she did. But I'm like, well, how is making him go off the edge like that? I I wasn't quite sure that that made sense. But anyway, it worked for her in a way. It did. Mm -hmm. They all got the hell beat out of him. Um, in the process. Yeah. Which it was so dark. It was hard to see what was going on in a lot of that. I was like, uh, what's, what's happening? Who's doing what? Who's yeah. (laughs) It was very dark. Yeah. I definitely got a a silence of the lambs, Buffalo bill filling when he he put on those goggles and starts going up the stairs. And I was like, it's that creepy basement scene from silence of the lambs. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen silence of the lambs after this many years, it was right. what nineteen eighty nine get on it, <laughs> on it. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really probably one of the best creepiest scenes of that whole movie. I mean, the whole movie yeah. was excellent, oh, yeah. but definitely 
so yeah, it was kind of cool to see them kind of mirror that a little bit um, because mm-hmm. I think it was very creepy and played well here as well. Yeah, it was just that very uneasiness when your quote unquote hero can't see mm-hmm. the quote unquote villain, but yet the villain can see them. Yeah. 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 Jim Dooley. Um, he's something. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was my number four too. Um, and I, I think I've said what I wanted to say about that. I think we covered that All pretty right. well. What is your number three? All right. My number three kind of, ties into that end bit we were saying like what her plan kind of was and what how she was planning on even getting him to booyah moon and i think this was the reason the only reason it happened and so this uh number three is scott and his kind of after death with the lighthouse mainly okay. the lighthouse let's but kind talk of his about connection this lighthouse yes yeah because we do see that after scott dies mm-hmm. that's when he takes his place at the pool that we've seen him at now. So I was just kind of wondering, like, so maybe all the people who went there during their life, then that's kind of their afterlife, their purgatory or whatever is then when they die, they go and sit there at the pool. And I, don't yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We talked about this. We, well, we've talked about it multiple times because we keep seeing Scott there. Yeah. Um, and we saw him there when we know that he's dead. We saw him there when Lisey went to rescue Amanda. Yeah. And she saw him. He saw her. They don't seem to be acknowledging each other really, but oh, hey, so this is where you hang out after death now. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite understand that. But yeah, there's. How's your afterlife going? See you later. Gotta go. I um. gotta I'll, I'll <laughs> talk to you later. Um, but yeah, there, there seems to be a tie with the lighthouse. Yeah. And so, yeah, the lighthouse turns on. I think it's the first time that Lacey really has noticed it. Because she stops and she goes and checks it out. And so I was like, oh, okay, give us answers. Let's go. Here we go. And still nothing. Uh, She's just trying to figure out a way to turn it off or something. I wasn't sure. But then she takes it over to the desk. And then I guess she kind of figured out a little bit before I did. But I feel like we've gotten a little clearer on the lighthouse after the scenes that we see that take place after that is at least what I'm assuming is that is kind of how Scott is keeping an eye on what's happening in the real world, quote unquote, whatever it is. Like it's his connection back to Lisi because when we see that lighthouse turn on and it's kind of looking around and then we get like a, it got it. We got a quick flash to Scott's face as he's sitting there by the pool, almost as if when the flash or the lighthouse is on, he's seeing what's going on. And I guess Lisi kind of figured that out because that was her way of getting the jump on Dooley was she taps the lighthouse on the cover of the book and the lighthouse turns on and temporarily blinds Dooley. It's almost like Scott is helping her. (laughs) Now, didn't we see Scott at Booyah Moon shift his eyes towards the lighthouse? Yeah. And then, yeah, then the one sitting on the desk there with Lisey Mm -hmm. turns on and blinded Jim. Yep. Yes. So it's almost like that is like there's a connection to Scott and the lighthouse to, to, to the, the real world. To the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of his eyes to the real world where he's, and so he has that connection. So then it's very muddy still, but that's kind of what it seems like is 
Scott is able to have that connection to the lighthouse that then connects him to Lisi and the world here. And he takes the opportunity to help her. Right. And, and is it also, I wonder, a means for him to also come back to the real world for just a little bit? Cause he, 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 he appears to Lisi, um, mm-hmm. like outside there at the pool, um, a couple episodes yeah. back, you know, he appears to her and he's talking to her. And they're having yeah. a you know a little bit of a conversation, and, and I couldn't tell if that was just in her mind or yeah, I don't know if either. he's really I there. Don't I don't know. I, that's why I'm like, I don't know. Was it him kind of coming over, or was it you know all in her head that you know she is yeah having a conversation with him, but he's not really there. But they put him there because we need to kind of see that interaction or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, know because it seems that he still has quite a bit of power mm-hmm. to the real world still because what happened i mean how she gets him how she gets Dooley to booyah moon is while she's about to die he's choking her out and then that lighthouse turns on again and it starts raining inside yes. the house just you like no he makes it rain inside yeah yeah that moment when paul dies and we get that flashback back then and that was the whole thing with that was it raining inside the barn mm-hmm and so now we're seeing that Scott triggered that because Scott can make water happen, whether it's from a faucet or toilets or just rain appearing out of nowhere. We've seen that as something that Scott is able to make happen. And, and so and I was like, it's like, is he, he doing that from Booyah Moon through his connection? Like, there's like, like where I, does this power reach? I know. And what, well, I mean, why is he so powerful? One, what is it just that strong connection? Maybe that, bond or and connection that he and Lisi have, but he knew that that I think was going to help her. That's what she needed. Yeah. She needed to get, yeah. once the water is in there, then she can use the water. It's the best way. She needed the water, water, Mm -hmm. water works best, right. Is what Mm -hmm. we keep hearing. And we know that, you know, I think that that was Scott's way of helping Lisi get that water going because they're all tied up with him, right. Uh, Fighting him and he's strangling her and she can't get to the water. The other two can't get to the water. She needs that to get him to Booyah Moon and then starts raining. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> what to understand. <laughs> I know. It's like every time I go in these notes, like, okay, I think I have an idea. And then as I'm breaking it down, it's like, it still doesn't make that much sense. But no, <laughs> like, no, I, I get, I feel like I'm right there. I'm with you, Paik. I'm making my mm-hmm. notes and I'm like, I'm having a breakthrough and no, I'm having a breakdown because I still <laughs> don't understand. And I, I think, and, and I think when sometimes when we're talking it out, I'm like, wait, wait, I'm right there. I got it. No, wait, nope. I don't. I am. Mm-hmm. It's just as lost, if not more than what I was before we even started talking about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's we're noticing the same things and the same observations, and I think having similar thoughts. But I don't understand it yet, and I don't really know what it means. But I think it it is something. We've talked about that lighthouse that there seems to be a connection there. Um, yeah, you know, because we see it at, at Booyah Moon too. I wonder if he's able to like travel the beams, kind of like a almost like a dark tower kind of you know reference or something. Yeah, um, you know, if somehow when you see it on at Booyah Moon and then it turns on in the real world if he's able to kind of like you said see into and cross over a little bit there. I don't know. 
see, I thought I had a moment there. And yeah. then when I say it out loud, <laughs> it makes zero sense. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. Why am uh, I doing this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> why am I like this? Um, anyway. But yeah, that was good. But yeah. That's my number three is just kind of that. Is that we've, we've been asking questions the past couple weeks about this lighthouse. And so at least with this week, it's like, we got more, like, I think we've answered some questions, but they still come with their own, like, mysteries more, like, and more questions i'm not sure exactly how that works but at least we see more of the role that it plays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i liked it that was good um <laughs> well my number three is booyah moon giveth and booyah moon taketh away uh-huh. so <laughs> just to expand a little <laughs> bit when we were talking about scott there at the beginning um and his entrance and kind of this rock star reception that he gets um during this time um, he is not well. He is yeah. coughing a lot. It continues to get worse and worse until we see him in the bathroom a little bit later uh, where his wounds are starting to reopen. That was freaky. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I have questions. Um, so his, uh, well, first I think he sees it on his hand because he got shot in the hand. Uh, yeah. And then he was shot in the chest and, we see that opening up and he's bleeding again. And I'm just like, wait, what, how, what's happening? How is it possible? Are, are, are the healing effects from Booyah moon starting to wear off? Like what is given can be taken away. Um, is where I'm was thinking with that. Um, we see the water coming on in the bathroom and it's weird because Mm -hmm. from the look on his face, he almost seems surprised. So was he like, did Scott do it or was he summoned? Yeah. So that's kind of what it feels like. Was it, it started on its own. Yeah. Like that, that connection kind of has it like a mind of its own. I don't know how that makes any sense because it's just a, but yeah, it's like a force that's within the connection to Booyah Moon that, yeah, like you said, that he's kind of sold a part of his soul to this place. And so, yeah, like it almost can kind of summon like, okay. We're calling you back. Maybe somehow it feeds off of the people that return to it. And maybe the people who stay there after they die are, are some part of, are a force. These, what is it that Amanda calls them? The, the shrouded? Mm-hmm. Or. And almost like everything that Scott has, um, well, Maybe it's not fair to say everything, but we it, it feels like that his creativity or his stories and what's made him Scott Landon, in quotes, you know, this famous writer and his wealth and fame and came from Booyah Moon. So mm-hmm. like you just said, was it like a, you know, he sold his soul to that place to get what what and where he is today? Like that place made him Scott Landon. It gave mm-hmm. him everlasting, not everlasting, but a long life. Like he freaking yeah. got shot and healed from it. Like he died, I think. I feel like he died or something, but came back um, and mm-hmm. was able to then heal himself um, going to, to be a moon. Was that just like a, you know, like, well, your time's going to run out. We're going to give you more time. We're going to heal you. We're going to give you, you know, you can, you can drink from the pool and get your, your, your stories and you can be famous from those stories and make an impact on the world 
but then that price has to be paid later. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, it, because it, that look on his face when he seemed surprised, like he didn't, he wasn't trying to do it. He wasn't trying to go to Booyah Moon himself. It was almost like it just started on its own and he seemed surprised. So it was almost like it was summoning him back. And yeah. so did he, he, he seemed to go back, right? Because he, he was gone. And then he mm-hmm. appeared outside of the bathroom and, his assistant was out there, but it didn't seem like a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if time is a little bit different in Booyah Moon versus I think, the real I think world. he says that it is early in an earlier episode, if I remember correctly. Because what we see as he's talking to Lisi, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later um, when she gets to see him again um, before he died, but it seemed like his time there talking about trying to get to the pool um, – and realizing he couldn't and trying different ways to get to the pool and couldn't because he's being blocked. And then the time he appears, cause it's like seconds, like yeah. he just a- appears again. So sounds like he didn't. One of my questions was, and I wrote this before I saw the later scene was, did he drink from the pool again? But he said he didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So just being there gave him a little bit of extra. That's what I'm wondering. He like, seemed pretty bad off man before he mm-hmm. disappeared. Like he was, I thought going to, you know, pass out from coughing so hard. Um, but then he comes back and he's like, oh, I'm good. And so it's like, oh, did he drink from the pool again? Was he able to get to the pool and, and temporarily rejuvenate himself a little bit? Um, but we find out later that that wasn't the case. So I don't yeah. know. Um, really, really sad to see what happened. I kept screaming at the TV. Why isn't someone helping him? You know, there's right. all those people in the audience and there's the two people on, off to the side stage. And I'm like, will someone please go get him some help and escort him right. off the stage? Or um, All I could think was from the audience's perspective. I was like, I feel bad for them because it's like, I think like they're all trying to decide whether something terrible is really happening in front of them. And they're like, hero authors dying. Mm-hmm. Or if they're like, is this some weird, dark kind of a performance He's doing in order and like to, right. for the new book, like right, just like, like stunt or what was going on? Yeah, some to kind of stunt a book or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't know. That would be hard to take, but I feel like you know that assistant of his knew something was wrong, um, and she was concerned yeah. about him. Um, and I'm like, somebody really freaked out from him just like appearing outside. I was like, oh yeah, the door locked behind me. Like it wasn't like he made some excuses like oh, the door was locked and I couldn't get in. And whatever sounds you're hearing in there, I don't know. Yep. No, he literally is like, I was in there and the door locked and I couldn't get out. So then I just transported myself out here somehow magically. And she's just like, maybe she has seen inexplainable things from him before because she's kind of freaked out. But then like, okay. And so I was like, well, that's Scott Landon for you. But um, but but um, oh, like, silly guy. You know? <laughs> Pulling his tricks again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... That was my first thought was someone please get this man some help. Um, Cause that was really sad and devastating to see him struggling and then wanting someone to call his wife and he's struggling mm-hmm. for air, struggling for breath and then collapses. Um, and I still, you know, didn't understand, still don't understand really what happened to him. Yeah, after he like regurgitates up, like pukes up, like all this like water from the pool it was like we've seen that before, but uh-huh. it was like in him, in his lungs, in his, and it like yeah, it's almost like his again, life that, like, force that left hold him. Hold it has him, yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. what 
was keeping him together. Like that healing water of the pool is what kept him going. Like he, after being shot uh, twice um, after uh, all the times that he cut himself, um, everything that has kept him going throughout his life. I mean, maybe other illnesses that maybe he didn't know he had or something that this water kept him healed and kept him rejuvenated. And as soon as it regurgitated out, that was it. It was like the life, Mm -hmm. literally the life force had left him is what it felt like. Um, Shocking and sad. I was so sad that Mm -hmm. this is how he's going out. I don't understand really still what happened or anything, but that this is what it was because we've talked about it and asked the question so many times um, since we, you know, since episode one, you know, well, what the hell happened to him? You know? Um, And it ends up that that gunshot did really kill him in the end, you know, it didn't kill Mm -hmm. him two years previously. It killed him later. Um, Yeah. Just sad. So anyway, that's, that's my number three. Mm -hmm. All right. What is your (laughs) number two? Number two, uh, lighten it up a little bit. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> with just the sisters but, and they're they're so great. <laughs> their, their banter and their dynamic with each other. Uh, yeah, I, we see you know Darla and Amanda come back. So that was part of the plan is they would leave to make it you know seem if Dooley was watching them, which he was. That okay, they left and at least he's alone now. And then they kind of snuck back in and they're coming up with this plan, which again, it's funny that they're like, okay, so what's the plan now that like, he's going to be here anytime soon. Now we're discussing the plan. And Darla is just like, this is bullshit. Like, she's <laughs> like, you have not thought any of this through. You're insane. Yep. And, and then Amanda's just kind of cracking jokes and like, whatever it's going to be, we're just going to do it. And so it's funny the way that they work together. Um, you know, she's like, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna tackle him and you guys are gonna jump in and then I'll take him to Booyah Moon. That's the plan. And Amanda's like, well, as long as I don't have to go back, I don't want anything to do with that place. But then Darla's like, yeah, you stay here. And she goes, well, I'll try. Like, it's almost like, even though she hates it and wants nothing to do with it, like, there's like a, like with Scott, like, there's this draw and this connection to it that. Yeah. Well, and she's like, well, sometimes I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, because she, goes I think to a dark place and she yeah. cuts herself and it she withdraws. That's how she kind mm-hmm. of explains it and and that's where she goes, I guess. So sounds like yeah, but I think knowing that and um will help keep keep her grounded, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get some interesting conversation between Amanda and Lacey. Yeah. Where she asks her about the double situation. Well, well, Scott was a double once and then you were doing it. So what is that? Did y'all ever talk about that? And she's just very much like, I have no idea. Scott has no idea what that was. Like, I think the, the quote that she says, she's like, you know, Scott could go there, but that's about as much as he knew too. Like there's still so much that he had no idea about it's like well what about the people that are wrapped up in the the shrouds and amanda calls them the shrouded ones Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want to talk about them she's like i don't want to talk about it yeah like it's it's like whether we know if she knows what that is or not i'm not sure but she doesn't want to talk about it that's for sure yeah i thought it was interesting what she was willing to talk about and what she wasn't wanting to talk about yeah now if that was again interesting amanda 
you know, mention something about Lisey's story, I was already hearing Steve be like, oh, the title of the thing. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the title. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was asking, you know, she said something about, you know, Amanda says, Scott told me about Lisey's story, something that he written. Did he ever dedicate a book to you? Is there something that is based on you? And Lisey says, no, I specifically told him not to write something mm-hmm. like that for me or dedicate or to dedicate, me because yeah. she want, they wanted to keep their kind of lives private and personal outside of his books and stories and the fame and all of that, which makes sense. I get that. I totally get that. Yep. So it's really interesting that even all the things that Amanda seems to kind of know about Booyah Moon and the situation, there's also a lot that they also, <laughs> Amanda or even Scott, were still like, mm, I don't know. It just happens. It just works. We roll with it. Yeah. I, I thought that was a lot of, well, fun, fun conversation because these three really play off of each other really well um, yeah. as sisters. I mean, I, you could totally buy that the three are sisters. They're all so different. And, um, you know, the way that they bicker at each other um, is great. Um, yeah. Like the hockey stick. Then I have, and, yeah. <laughs> I have the lines about like the really like the lighter stuff is how funny Amanda is, how funny Joan Allen is as Amanda. It was like, oh, he's, what, what is that even as a weapon? She's like, oh, it's a hockey stick. A signed hockey stick. It was in her hubby's sports cupboard. Can't make out the name though. I think hockey players must be illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> just the the you know yeah. conversation that she makes, just these little things. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I'm gonna say a word, and if I say this word, you jump out. She goes, oh, it's a safe word. Like, like yeah, like S and M. And Tyler's like, you and your you and Charlie weren't into S and M. Where he's like, oh no, his. His, you know, thought of uh, excitement in the bedroom was keeping his socks on. Or something. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> poor woman, poor, poor woman." Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, just good conversation. That, I was like, they would be the the worst spies in the world. They're not the most skilled at like planning and hiding. As they're waiting on Dooley to show up, and you can hear, "I gotta pee." <laughs> well, Darling you're in the bathroom. You go. Darling won't let me. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> like you're the older sister here, right? <laughs> Darla, tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I love that. I love that. And and that hockey player is a real hockey player, by the way. I found mm-hmm. out. I'm not a hockey fan, but I thought. Even I think I've heard of that name when she said um, Patrice Bergeron. Am I saying that right? Um, yeah. I thought, oh, for some reason, I think I've heard that name come up. Because I, I do, in, in a way, get into some sport, not hockey, but other sports. And so I'm probably hearing yeah. it from somewhere in the sports world. Um, and I was like, well, okay, is it? Or am I just making that up in my head? And yes, he's a real hockey player. Plays for the Boston Bruins, apparently, for the last two decades. Um, has played. Oh. So <laughs> quite a long career. But anyway, a real person. So that was, that was cool. Um, makes sense. He's a Boston Bruins player. They are in the New England area. So... Yeah, they seem to usually be dedicated to their um, like region area of sports, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they weren't too careful with it later. They were knocking the shit out of Jim Dooley. I don't know <laughs> yeah. very effectively. It didn't seem to have much effect on him, but they were definitely pounding him over um, over and over with that hockey stick. <laughs> so hopefully, it's not broken and Darla's <laughs> husband doesn't get mad. Although yeah. I think they have bigger problems than definitely that hockey stick. <laughs> But yeah, great banter between the three sisters. Um, and just interesting, you know, 
if there is anything more to what Amanda was saying or maybe more to what she was not saying um, when she didn't want to talk to Lacey about some of that stuff uh, from Booty yeah. Moon. I thought that was interesting. I feel like she knows a little bit more and doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess that's obvious, but um, you know, what, what, what is it, I guess? And what does she know? Yeah, and we find out. <laughs> yeah. And then the doubles thing, you know, we've talked about that too. Um, I don't know if Amanda maybe just doesn't understand. Yeah. And what that means. Cause I feel like, like we said, Scott seems to be over there. Like we saw him after he died. That's kind of like where he's walking. Is that his purgatory? Is that, you know, his afterlife or I don't know. It's weird. I don't get it. Um, all right. That was your number two, right? Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about just a quick point. Um, but I thought the scene in the hospital between Scott and mm-hmm. Lacey was beautiful, um, sad and heartbreaking, but yeah, beautiful. Um, I think the way that they shot, it could have been done a little bit better. I didn't like how they kept hiding Scott's face behind Lacey's like half his face was only showing in some scenes. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of weird. I'm not sure why they went for that and what they were trying to say, but um, I thought it was really sad. We find out that his organs are shutting down. His wounds have reopened, which we knew, and he's running like a fever of 106. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and he doesn't want to be put on a ventilator because he wants to be able to talk to Lacey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out or Scott is talking to Lisi and, you know, she's begging him, you know, to go to be moon. Let's, let's just go. You know, they got rid of the nurse. Let's go. Um, we'll, we'll get you better. And he's like, I can't, you know, the long boy's blocking. He's blocking every path and he doesn't understand why. I was thinking the same thing as well. What, why now do we think the long boy seems to be blocking the path and what yeah. does it mean? And what does, what does what happened with Paul have to do with, you know, when Scott's talking about all this, he's like, you know, remember what I told you and about Paul and being infected, you know, infecting him. What does all of that have to do with it? And why now is this yeah. making an impact? It was really, it was really interesting. Cause like he, it was hard to understand him yeah. when he was talking to her to where I did, I had to go back to, Okay, <laughs> props to that website that you gave me that website, I can just look yeah. at the script because it's like, man, I need to. And yeah, so I tried to put it together and the gist of it that I got, whether it makes any sense or not, was that he went, yeah, to heal at the pool, but could not get to the pool because the long boy was blocking it and there was no way to get there, no matter what different ways he said he like would enter from different positions and there was nothing he could do. The long boy was blocking all of it. And then this reinfection of sorts that he's experiencing has something to do with Paul, like cutting him and infecting him when they were kids. And like the bad from Paul has just been like lying dormant and like kind of eating away at him. I don't know. Because then also like we were talking about, is it also this like paying your penance to Booyah Moon for, mm-hmm. you know, because I have, yeah, another note in a little bit that kind of makes me wonder if that's part of it because of some context clues, but yeah, it was, it was really confusing. I was like, yeah. I'm trying to like hang on to every word he's saying. I'm like, 
I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know why it's connected. I don't know how it's connected or exactly what it means. And, and I don't understand it. But I mean, he says when he's talking about the long voice is blocking the path higher than the trees, no way mm-hmm. around. And she asked him, well, you know, what happened? And he said something from a long time ago from when I was a kid, something from Paul. And she's like, from Paul. And then we get the flashback. Um, yeah. you know, where we see them fighting or Paul's attacking him and they're fighting and he scratches him. And whenever his dad tells him that he's infected and he says, he cut me. And he says, ever since all these years, something has been, and he just, it's like, he's sick and he's ill. He's feverish. He's not able to really complete his, his, his sentences. Um, so that's where he gets cut off. And she said, this is from Paul. Uh, question and he says i went to booyah moon from the airport lounge i went again it's still blocked no way to the pool um i was confused when at the airport lounge did, did yeah they, i don't know what that yeah um what, what airport and then he starts to slip away and she's like no no please you know keep try again try again and he just says you and me lisi you and me how i loved you um he said, I was lost in the dark and you found me. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Tears. Um, that was, that was sad. Um, and then he says, you know, um, you found me, you held me. And then he says, Oh baby. And then he um, says baby love, which was his nickname for her. And then, then he passed. So I, I did not get it and don't understand it and how, Mm -hmm you know, if, if, if it has to do with what we were talking about earlier, like, is there some type of, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's like you make a deal with the devil almost, you know, I'm going to give you all these great and wonderful things, but there's going to be a time to pay the piper later. Um, or is it tied to the incident with Paul and either Mm -hmm. one, I, I just want to understand and I don't. So it's kind of making me a little crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but I th- it was a very sad, but I thought beautiful kind of scene um, that we saw. Oh, yeah. And then we see him walking to be on moon. So what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <sighs> so that's my number two. All right. What is your drum roll, please? Number one. <laughs> number one. I had it as kind of like the death of Scott and like that. But I will kind of change it into because I have this as my note. So I'll make this the number one is the music for the funeral scene right after that. Oh, yeah. Interesting choice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And and kind of what's going on with, with Lisa remembering because you we mentioned no spark, no light. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that one first because that I think the reason that that was like resonating with her in her loneliness there is because those are like some of the last words that she saw before he died because it was on the the door in the hospital when she went to go visit him because of where he was at, because these are like the area, the wing of the hospital where they have people on ventilators, the oxygen is in use. So there's no spark, you know, no light, no spark for the oxygen. And so that's what she saw. And then she kind of connected that to when she's trying to decide, but what do I say now? And so just saying, Oh, he's dead. Like she's looking for a more poetic, you know, the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just lands on these last words that were in her head was no light, no spark. But uh, the music for that scene, you know, through the 
funeral and then also kind of i never know what to call it because like it's like a wedding reception but it's not a reception but whatever but i mean i've been to a lot of funerals and yeah like where it's after the funeral after the burial where it's like you know it has not really anything to do with that person being there their body being there anymore but it's you go to another location somebody's house or to whatever and it almost is like a wedding reception where there's usually food and everybody's together and it's kind of a happier a moment where it's a celebration of life yeah. and yeah and where everybody's kind of there together but you know this song is playing through all of that too mm-hmm. and the song is St. James Infirmary Gambler's Blues and the version that's played is by Dave Van Ronk Okay it's an old folk song from like the twenties. Mm. So I was looking through it. The actual like authorship of the song who really wrote mm-hmm. it isn't fully known. Cause it was part of like the American song bag. Oh. So nobody knows for sure. It's mainly attributed to Irving Mills and he wrote it under a different pseudonym, <laughs> but oh, like, okay. So there's a bunch of different versions of this song, but the one that's used is Dave, Von, uh, Dave Van Ronk and he changes some of the lyrics Some of the, li- the lyrics change depending on who does it, like they kind of switch things out. Interesting. But the the lyrics, I have the lyrics okay. to what we hear. And I don't have all of them, but like the main, you know, after the chorus and then like the main verses and then chorus again. But he says, when I die, please bury me in my high, ta- high top Stetson hat. Put a $20 gold piece on my watch chain. My gang or God will know I died standing pat. I want six crap shooters for pallbearers, a chorus girl to sing me a song. Put a jazz band on my hearse wagon. Raise hell as I stroll along. Roll out your rubber tired carriage. Roll out your old time hat. There's 12 men going to the graveyard and 11 coming back. Now that I've told my story, I'll take another shot of booze. And if anyone and anybody happens to ask you, I've got those gambler's blues. Let her go. Let her go. God bless her wherever she may be. She may search this wide world over. Never find a sweet man like me. And so I find those lyrics really interesting because I was like, yeah, it really ties into like Scott's love with Lisey. Yeah. Uh, but also there's a lot of, you know, when he's talking about a jazz band on the hearse wagon and a chorus girl, there's all these like music based connections mm-hmm. that we've seen between them, you know, with the visions of the wedding band during the bull yeah. yep. and all of these things you know, like that. But then he talks about, I mean, gamblers blues and, you know, six crap shooters for Paul bears and, you know, all of these things were, he's talking about gambling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, he continues to go to Booyah Moon to heal. And it's like gambling with fate every time, whether it's that deal with the devil we've talked about, or even knowing that like the long boy is a threat every time, but he still goes because it's worth that risk. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good song. And I f- feel like you could really in those moments in the hospital when they're talking to each other and then in this moment you know like how lost she is you know being being without him um and the connection that that they had um yeah really sad really sad Mm -hmm. that's a really good number one yeah (laughs) i don't think i'm gonna be able to top that at all. Um, my number one is actually the ending, which we've talked about. Yeah. Um, and as we've talked through it, I don't know 
not just th- that particular scene and that part of the show, but as we've talked through the rest of the scenes in the episode, I don't know if I have anything additional that I want to say. Um, but just again, trying to figure out that connection, like with the long boy and does Lisi expect, I'm a little bit worried about her coming back. I'm yeah, worried about her I mean, getting stuck in Booyah Moon. Her her plan for the long boy to come and attack Dooley, if that's what she's planning, is like, well, she's there too. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be very, like, it's not going to pick and choose who it attacks or whatever it does. Yeah. Like, how is she hoping to, you know, like you said, like, oh, not me, him, him over there, you know, like pointing mm-hmm. in his direction, like, oh, you don't want me, <laughs> go after him. Um, you know, how, how would she be able to, and what the hell is that thing already? Right. You know, we see a close up of this thing and we see it's like made up of almost like people, people's souls or, or, yeah. you know, what the hell is that, is that about? part of the, what's feeding Booyah Moon, like I said, is, is this, you know, the people who've been able to use the waters mm-hmm. and make that, you know, use that to their advantage in life then whenever it's their time to pay the Piper, they come back and their souls are there for Booyah Moon and they help feed what is Booyah Moon, the long boy, what is that connection of? Yeah. Well, and I mean, Scott, and I don't have it in front of me um, exactly how he described Booyah Moon to Lisi. I think it was in like the second or third episode somewhere when he first took her and was talking to her about it. And he was talking about like what makes up Booyah Moon. Like, you know, the people that go there, like it's a, he didn't really come out and say it was a bad place, but that people, yeah. you know, who go there, you know, are um, troubled or, you know, it's, it's kind of like people go there to dump all the bad from them or something. Yeah. And that's what kind of feeds the place. And that's where he gets his stories. Cause we know a lot of his stories are pretty dark, right? His, his stories are dark or scary or something mm-hmm. and kind of twisted, um, which is really why I wish I could really read a Scott Landon book. Um, cause it sounds right up my alley, but, um, yeah. you know, is all of that energy that, you know, it, what fuels that place and what fuels the long boy is that what keeps making him more of a threat or being, um, because of, you know, when the people visit there, what they leave there and that's what the long boy is or something that, or that energy and, um, you know, the, from the people that visit there. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't wait. We've got shoot. It's freaking Tuesday. and we got to <laughs> wait until freaking Friday for the damn episode to come out. I'm just ready for yeah. it to come out already. <laughs> so can find out what the hell hell happens and how this ends up and what answers we get, if anything. So, yeah. Um, did you have any notes? I had no other notes about the show itself. Uh, I can have a random uh, unofficially brought to you by Oreo, another Oreo update. <laughs> That's all that I have because uh, <laughs> I finished off the McCarrot Cake Oreos. So if people want to know what else is going on in the world of Oreo with me, um, I picked up another pack at Walmart the other day that were new for their, I guess like a 4th of July thing. They're like a red, white, and blue Oreo. So it's like the regular flavor. Oh, but the color. three layers of cream with blue, red, red, white, and blue colors like the three layers and then they have pop rocks inside the cream oh shut like little fireworks 
it's real interesting. They're pretty good. Don't drink them with Coke. <laughs> Don't drink them with Coke. Yeah. <laughs> but there's my uh, Oreo update um, brought to you by Lisey's story. Uh, I don't yeah. think I saw those, but yum. <laughs> I, God, I loved Pop Rocks mm-hmm. as a kid. Yep. Boy, uh, that was uh, very innovative whenever I was a kid, the first time we had Pop Rocks. Uh-huh. Um, interesting. I'm still stuck on the carrot cake, and I have also... <laughs> ventured over to the, I know this is not for everyone, so don't at me. Um, but the lemon, uh-huh. the lemon yeah, I don't, are, are really good. I haven't done the lemon because I'm very particular. I have to have my Oreos with milk. I have to dip them in yeah. milk and I just feel like lemon and milk is not a thing that should happen. It's so I don't know. A good thing for me. Yeah. It works for me. It works. I might have to try it, but I don't it's know. Okay. I feel like the fruity flavor is dipping it in milk. Well, I don't know. I don't it know. is fruity, but it's also an Oreo. And mm-hmm. Oreos and milk just in general go really yeah. well together. I know. I'm a weirdo. My kid hates lemon, everything. <laughs> like, I love lemons. Like, I used to, as a kid, eat lemons. My grandma always would make, yeah. like, legit homemade lemonade, right? Um, and so she yeah. would always have a couple of cut up lemons um, or lemon wedges in the refrigerator. So you could add a lemon or two to your lemonade um, if you got a glass of yeah. lemon. So she'd always have some lemon wedges and she would catch me all the time and during the summer when I would stay down there all the time. And I'd be, I was that terrible brat of a kid that would stand in front of the refrigerator <laughs> door like it was open. So I'm standing there in front of the refrigerator yeah. <laughs> and I'd be eating stuff out of the fridge and I she would catch she like remember what are you eating and i turn around and i'd have like a lemon wedge in my mouth i would just eat lemons like you do orange wedges um love Mm -hmm. lemons so pretty much lemon anything i love and when i saw the lemon oreos as i'm looking for the carrot cake i go well i have to try them and so i if you enjoy lemons if you don't that's okay Pake, i understand um like i said i I know it's it's not for everyone it's just it's the just connection of thinking like lemon with milk. I don't know, but you say if it works, then it did for me because I they have to go for it. I even though they're lemon, it's Oreo and Oreos and milk <laughs> are. I, I can't have one without the other. There, there could yeah, be exactly. if you want me to not eat Oreos, then don't have milk in the house. Exactly, those, I have to have those both. Oreos. Will you sit don't there want to eat them eat, on their own. No, no, I can't. It's impossible. So that's a good way. Mm-hmm. If you want me to not eat your Oreos, make sure there's no milk around because I won't touch them. Yeah, um, exactly. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, we do have things in common. It doesn't yeah. matter. So it's good to know then. So you've done because, like, I've seen people who eat the lemon Oreos. They just eat them plain. I'm like, no, because I have to have milk with Oreos. Yeah. And I feel like those two don't go together. But if you're saying they do, then I may have to venture out and see what see it for myself. For me. They do. <laughs> Oreos, keep doing your thing. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I think we covered <laughs> most of my notes, too. Um, I had a note, which we've talked about, I'd like to better understand how Scott is able to connect with Lisi between the worlds, um, if he is anyway. Um, we've talked about the lighthouse. And I think that's it. I think we've covered it. Um, all right, then. Well, I think then it is time to move on to our favorite part of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback. Um, Pink, would you like to take that first one for me? All right. The first one comes from Wendy Ott Eppers. Friend Wendy here. Hear from you. Hey, Wendy. She says, I binged through episodes six and seven at the same time. On the one hand, it's getting more disturbing and hard to watch with each episode. And on the other hand, I can't look away. 
I love the sisters together taking back their power, but I'm also fearful for their fates. I think this is the best Stephen King TV adaptation I've seen in a long time. Can't wait to hear both of your thoughts. Oh, high praise. That's Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Because I know Wendy wasn't super keen on the adaptation of The Stand. Mm-hmm. So She did not enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> so good to hear that she's enjoying this one. And I know she was getting caught yeah. up. Um, she hadn't started it at the same time, so she was playing some catch-up. And we're grateful that you have, Wendy. Appreciate you being with us. Yeah. Um, next sure. one we have is from our friend Lindsay Schlicht. She says, I was all over the place with this episode. The first half, I was a mixture of bored and overly sad. The second half, I was basically confused. Again, as in past episodes, when Amanda and Darla showed up, I enjoyed the episode much more. Julianne Moore definitely carries the heaviness of the show well, but Joan Allen and Jennifer Jason Lee make the show for me. I love pretty much everything that comes out of their mouths. I did also enjoy the Silence of the Lambs callback with the night vision goggles. I do think I'm going to need to let go of my wish for everything to be revealed, as this is probably the most convoluted TV show I've ever seen, and we have one episode left. I just hope, if it can't all be explained, that we can at least have some kind of satisfying ending. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We're hoping for the same. Um, But thank, thank you, Lindsay. Glad you're um, enjoying part of it. I think, I think I've had to let go of trying to like figure everything out. Like I'm like, just try to stop (laughs) figuring everything out. I'm still trying to understand some things, but I'm trying to also let it go at the same time. So um, I understand the struggle, but we're glad you're still with us. One more to go, Lindsay. Yeah. (laughs) On the home stretch. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's an email from our friend Fran here. She says, Greetings all. I listened to the podcast late, late Friday night, which was great, and proceeded to watch episode seven right afterward. What can I say? I've watched it five times since then. (laughs) In the same way I'm a constant reader, I'm a constant TV slash movie watcher. Have done them all pretty much from Lost to Sopranos, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, Entourage, Handmaid's Tale, The Stand, 1994, And I have never watched any single episode of anything more than twice. Oh, my. (laughs) Episode seven was stunning from the opening scene straight through to the last shot of Lisey saying, there you are. Masterful direction, camera angles, the flow from one scene to another, the intensity of the scenes, even of Lisey walking through the house after Scott's burial, which was slower, somber, but combined with the song. Wow. So eerie, surreal, spooky. The coughing, the gunshot wounds opening, the bathroom scene, very Kubrick-esque. The faucets in the toilets, then Scott showing up behind the assistant outside the bathroom. So eerie. Just loved it. Then the stage scene, OMG. But what is it What is it with all these people that are non-responders? OMG, from the cop all throughout, to the assistants, to the audience, could no one move to help him? Outrageously unrealistic, but what great TV. I was lost in the dark, but you found me. I wonder how many takes it took for them to shoot that hospital scene. Wow, amazing actors. The shifts from past to present, the use of the lighthouse, the sister's comic relief, gotta love them. Amanda's reaction when asked about the shrouded ones, her psych issues readily seen just below the surface, just fabulous acting. Tadouli coming on the scene, his eyes, his voice, the night vision goggles, so creepy. The fight, the choking of Lisi, the raining, the camera turns, the sound effects, the music, the eerie piano music, loving it all. I just love watching with my beats on for full impact of what the director is unfolding. Ooh, that's interesting. Mm. Really get that sound. <laughs> she goes on to say, the arrival of Dooley to Booyah Moon. What are you doing to me, missus? 
You could just feel the atmosphere of Booyah Moon and like Amanda, don't want to go there again. LOL. But of course, we have to at least one more time. Dang, this is making me want to watch it again. LOL. My son Paul is my TV buddy, but on some shows he's watching one while I'm watching another, and then others we watch together, and he never likes to come into a series midway, but I talked so much about this episode that I got him to watch it together with me. Let me tell you, he was all in it. LOL, so awesome. I kept telling him, I told you, I told you. Masterful episode. Can I really even be like a standalone episode? Uh, can really even be like a standalone episode for the whole series, in my honest opinion. Can't even imagine what next week will be like, and I can't wait. Sure hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you, Miss Daphne, for your great emails and insights. Also, the voicemailers, loving you. And loving you, Rima and Paik. Listen to a bit of your take on The Stand 2020, which I have not seen. And OMG, that's another book you must read. Book is so much better. I wonder if Daphne gave you book insights on the story during that one. Here's one scene when Randall Flagg takes Nadine out in the desert. OMG, beyond creepy, and OG, no spoilers here. Oh, and the birthday Oreos are lovely. <laughs> so we meet at the end. Blessings, Fran in New York. <laughs> <laughs> birthday cake Oreos added to the list. And yes, The Stand, we have been doing our own book club since those podcasts came out. We are actually starting book three in the stand, whatever that like last section this week. So we're almost done with it. And yes, that has been incredible to read that book. <laughs> yes. I have much catching up to do on that front. <laughs> um, but wow, Fran, I love that you're digging the show so much. And mm -hmm. um, that was great. And I'm glad you talked your son into it um, and hope he enjoys it as well. Um, so thank you so much for your thoughts. Um, it's much appreciated. Uh, we have another voicemail from Tanya. Um, she says, I started watching this show and immediately searched for a podcast that discussed, discussed each episode. I'm so glad I found your podcast. Well, thank you. Awesome. Um, I wanted to see if others were thinking the same way I was. A few thoughts and questions. When she said, it's Amanda, not Dooley, my thought went to Amanda having the bad and facing the same fate as Paul. Also, the people shrouded in what I can only describe as a full-bodied Trojan condom. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um, I believe that Scott will become one of them. Look at his face at the end of episode seven. It looks like he's developing the same substance on his face, or am I seeing what's not there? Maybe it's some sort of cocoon and they will be going through some metamorphosis, or is it a means for some transitional state? Too far-fetched? Um, will Lisi have to dig up Paul's grave? Will Amanda come to Booyah Moon to help Lisi? Will there be a sacrifice in order to save a family member? Will Dooley be injected with ketamine and left to be devoured by the long boy? Will the long boy make its way to the area where the people sit near the water? So many questions. Looking forward to the finale, Tanya. Um, awesome. I don't know. Thanks so much for writing in. Yeah, and yeah thank you. Yeah, a lot of the same questions. It's like, ah. Uh, Great questions. If we could help you with them, we would try. <laughs> I am, I have no business podcasting on this show at all. I feel like I'm not very insightful or providing an insight or helping shed light on anything that is happening. Um, I'm just as confused. Um, but I love hearing these thoughts. I think those are all valid questions. I wish I had some answers. I don't know. And I don't think anything that you said there was too far fetched. Um, we are talking about a world of Stephen King. Um, yeah. Nothing is too far fetched. And as far as I'm concerned, um, 
But thank you, Tanya. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the show. And I'm really, really happy that you found us. Um, hope you stay mm-hmm. with us. Thanks. Yeah. Um, all right. So we do have a voicemail also from our good friend, Steve. So let's see what kind of thoughts uh, that Steve has this week. All right, Rima and Peg, it's Steve, and I'm starting my second watch of No Light, No Spark. This coughing really worries me because, you know, we're just coming out of the pandemic or we're still in it, really. But he's coughing and touching people, and this guy gives him his wand. (laughs) He gave him his wand. He's okay. He's in the Booyah Moon, I guess. Okay, I know they're only going one floor up, but doesn't this hospital have an elevator? And the title of the episode on her door, no light, no spark, mic drop. Oh, he couldn't get to the pool, but he still had the water in him. (laughs) Popped off. I've never heard that one. Popped your clogs. Oh, there. She just, oh, she's going to say it a bunch of times. It's a bunch of mic drops. That mic's going to be broke. Wait, the lighthouse has a switch? But still, it comes on and off by itself, though. That should be creepy, right? Oh, so now you have, like, cop instincts? Good time to show up. Oh, it's a twofer. She just said the name of the entire series, Lisey's Story. Mic drop. I mean, he wasn't a good cop, but he didn't deserve to get killed. So she did keep the gun. Well, that was kind of cool. She tamped the, the lighthouse on the book and it lit, lit up and we see Scott turn and the moon. Nice. Ah, uh, she's got the shovel. I absolutely love it. Reality is Ralph. There's the needle. She put it in her pocket in the last episode. I forgot to mention that in my voicemail. All right. Can't wait for the final episode. Talk to you later. All right. So I was looking forward to this voicemail because I was like, he's going to be calling out when they say the name of the episode and the name of the series. Sure did. He's good at catching that. and He loves that. And I love that he loves that. I love that he loves it too. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. Great commentary on... Um, your second watch there of Lisey's story and great observations. Um, Yeah. And thank you to all the listeners, you know, that have been with us. We've just got one more episode to go. I'm as anxious as you are to see how they wrap this up. And I appreciate everyone taking the time to, you know, uh, leave us some comments on Facebook, um, write us emails and leave your voicemails. Um, I, I appreciate all of you and thanks for being on this journey and trying to help us figure out what the hell is going on. Um, it's been helping. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I know in the last email, you know, Daphne was mentioned to give mm-hmm. us some praise and we don't have a voicemail from her this week. I do not. I'm going to uh, speak up on her defense in case anybody's wondering, well, Oh no, where's she at? Yes. Where's Daphne she is? This week? She has been traveling a lot like crazy this whole weekend. Me and her. Mm-hmm. So cause those who know, you know, we are a podcast co-hosts over on run for yes. lives. And uh, she actually managed for a separate event to travel to where I live. And so we got to hang out and spend some time together this weekend and stuff. But yeah, she is traveling on her way back home and everything. So she said she wouldn't have an opportunity to watch the episode this week and this weekend and get anything to us. But I am sure she will be back in full effect and give us some real good stuff for the finale for sure. Yes, you are right. Um, Yeah, I was really happy that Daphne got to travel and do some of the things that she got to do for her events. I'm super stoked that you guys got to meet up in person. Yeah, it was Um, awesome. 
yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful that we're able to do that now that, yes, you know, we can I missed do it those a lot. <laughs> I know I've missed it a lot too. Um, so I'm really happy and was really excited that you guys got to do that. And I'm happy she's on her way home. Um, because, well, I'll go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and, and leak it since we're talking about it. I know you're going to talk about your podcast here in a moment, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm podcasting with you guys this week. Yeah. Sneak preview. I'm not going to tell what we're doing. Mm-hmm. but I'm going to be podcasting with you guys this week. So I'm really happy for Daphne to get back so we can all talk uh-huh. on your podcast and, and talk <laughs> about the fun movie that we're going to cover. Um, but she did text me and say that she, um, unfortunately, because she was traveling, was not able to leave any feedback. But she did say that her um, next um, email would be like double packed, super packed um, for the finale. Yeah. So really looking forward to hearing from Daphne and her um, insights and also her comparisons to the book. So no worries, folks. Um, We'll get some, a little bit of extra dose of Daphne next week. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of next week, we will be covering uh, episode eight of Lisey's story. And it's the finale. There was no title to this episode Ooh. this week. It's just episode eight is all it said. Um, if that was released before we were recording, I didn't see it. Um, but yeah, season finale, guys, this is it. Only eight episodes. So um, we've made it this far. Hope you stick with us. Yeah. Um, so that'll be next week. And also just want to go ahead and talk about what are we going to do next? So after we cover Lisey's story, what we have thought about doing next something Pink was really excited to cover and that is sweet tooth yeah. on netflix so mm-hmm. i don't know a whole lot about it i know that there um that the um, source material is a graphic novel yeah um but Pink, i know you're a little bit more familiar with it ish i mean i haven't I read any to- of the books or anything uh I, well i don't want to put you on the spot are you yeah. able to give a little bit of a a Brief. You don't have to go yeah. into do too much detail, but a brief, non-spoilery, what it, Sweet Tooth is kind of about. Yeah, um, try to do what I can. Because uh, I have watched the first episode. I watched it the mm-hmm. night that it dropped on Netflix, but then I stopped myself after that because I knew we were talking about <laughs> covering it after Lisey's story. And so I wanted to make yep. sure I was fresh for week to week. So uh, I'm excited to rewatch it. I loved the the pilot episode. And I know I heard a lot of great things from people who have watched the, the season from I now. So. Hopefully those who have already watched it will kind of have fun and join us on a rewatch and give us their thoughts episode by episode without spoiling it for us. And then yes. maybe it'll bring some other people to newly jump onto that show. But yeah, so based off just kind of the first episode, without giving away, it's how many of these shows are doing this at the end of COVID? It's like, is it bad yeah. timing or is it creative timing? But it is based off of, again, a worldwide virus that kind of wipes oh out a lot of people. Um, okay. But then with that, there's, also a weird situation that happens where these a bunch of babies are born and they're hybrids, human animal hybrids. There are a lot of babies with animal uh, parts and functions. And so it kind of focuses on a little boy who has like deer, a hybrid with a deer. So he has antlers and kind of that keen hearing and, you know, senses and stuff like that. Okay. And his father takes him out to kind of hide him away because it kind of becomes this thing where, the people who are left, the regular human people who are left on earth uh, kind of blame the hybrids or view them as kind of this, you know, other kind of thing. And they hunt them and track them down. And it's very anti hybrid. And so it's basically without giving anything away, kind of this, this tale of uh, survival and family and, you know, 
the life of of this kid who is a hybrid kind of navigating this new weird world so yeah okay well that sounds like it's right up our alley mm-hmm. um i'm excited to cover because i did i remember when it dropped on netflix and uh there was a lot of excitement around it i heard a lot of great without hearing spoilers about it but hearing a lot of great reception to the show it was also yeah. wasn't it produced by robert downey jr it was him and his wife are the producers for that and so yeah so that's really cool. i think interesting if, you know he's um drawn to a project like that you know um mm-hmm. feel like there must be something behind it so excited to to talk about that with you after we um finish lisey's story if you guys are interested in sweet tooth and haven't watched it if you watched it and are interested in us covering it we hope that you join us um and we are excited that you have followed us to booyah moon but please follow us on twitter at strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of great podcasts, um, as we were just teasing earlier, Peak, about mm-hmm. yours and Daphne's podcast called Run for Your Lives. Um, do you have a sneak peek for what's to come? Yes. This week's episode of Run for Your Lives, we are talking about the movie Lake Placid. <laughs> I love Lake Placid. Yes. A giant I know, I know crocodile it's it's so good. in a lake in Maine. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a fun one. I mean, Bill Pullman, because we just did Independence Day. And so it was so weird to like flip right back to seeing him in a very different role. Uh, And then just the incredible Betty White in this movie. Just National Treasure, Betty White. Peak Betty Whiteness. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's a wonderful, ridiculous movie. And it's a lot of fun. So we had a blast with that. I'm rooting for the crocodile. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Love her so much. Yes. (laughs) She is... A darling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Lake Placid. Great choice. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about that one. And again, uh, excited to podcast with you guys this week. And yeah. we'll be sure to, um, when when we um, release that out to the world, let everyone know what that is. I, I will just tease it for now. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag on what we're doing, just that we're going to be doing something fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking forward to that. So that's awesome. Can't wait to hear Lake Placid. Oh, yeah. Be a blast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pete. And Tanya B is strange indeed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park